On Thursday, we continued to look back at some of the best players ranking multiple offensive uh, bests of the last 10 years, which encompasses the majority of the Jim Harbaugh era. We've got one more offensive position to get to today, but then we are also going to get to two defensive positions. We're going to do all of that on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. We're back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, yes, still on vacation. So we are continuing our list of Palooza and uh, doing all of that. So. Let's get to our continuation of uh, the best position groups or best play, 10 players in each position group for the last 10 years. So uh, let's start off with tight end and then we'll move to defense. Uh, I am cheating on number 10 because he's known more as a fullback, but I am including him in with the tight ends because he did technically play tight end. He started out as tight end. And kind of the fullback position is kind of a tight end position in a way. Like, look no further than Max Bredesen. Uh, but I'm going Khalid Hill, the hammer and panda, uh, at number 10. Again, made his name as the fullback. Could have put him in with the running backs. I decided not to, to put him in with the tight ends. Uh, he ended up uh, just being a touchdown scoring machine and a fan favorite and doesn't know how to carry a pizza. Uh, I say that because once I saw him at Pizza House, uh, after the radio show, and he was carrying a pizza like a book. I'm like, that's not how you do it, Khalid. And he's also a, uh, we, I call him Meme City uh, because he is a walking meme, and I adore him. Number nine, Nick Eubanks. It's kind of funny. Eubanks is just kind of underrated, right? Like, he was like the next man up at tight end, but he, uh, he certainly... Like going and looking at the stats, like he had a pretty pr- pretty good stats, right? And he really could stretch the field. It really kind of started in 2017 uh, against Florida, and then he kind of fell off the map. It was really more 2019, 2020. Uh, so it wasn't like he was like a, a guy that everyone was really talking about a lot. But uh, nonetheless, he, he was better than people kind of remember, I think. Number eight is Eric All. Uh, I would love to put him higher, uh, but alas, uh, it, it didn't all fully come together for him in Ann Arbor, his injury, obviously, all of that. Devastating block uh, um, in the uh, opening touchdown, actually two touchdowns uh, against Ohio State in 2021. Uh, obviously, everyone's going to think of the uh, the 40-something yard touchdown, 47-ish yards, 46, something like that, against Penn State to uh, essentially win that game. Uh, Eric All, really tons of potential. Hopefully, he still gets drafted. How he ended up declaring for the NFL draft. Uh, would have loved to have seen what he could do full-time, full health, all of that kind of stuff. But uh, definitely uh, that the Michigan State game in 2021, if Michigan would have won that, uh, people would be talking about just how electric he was in that game too. Number seven is Sean McCune, who, uh, another guy who I think was really underrated, uh, just kind of a tight end that did everything right, kind of like your perfect tight end in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, didn't necessarily have like a big signature moment. If I think of like my favorite John McCune moment, it was when he scored the, uh, I think it was the opening touchdown of the 2017 Minnesota game. And then he uh, 
went up to the student section and hushed the crowd because he just wasn't thinking. It was just kind of funny. Um, nonetheless, uh, Sean McCune uh, ended up, uh, I, I think he's still with the, uh, the, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, undrafted free agent, just managed to just stick there. So doesn't necessarily see a ton of time, but he's been on the 53-man roster there, just absolutely killing it. Number six is a now departing guy, and that's A.J. Barner. I feel like Barner, man, I would have loved to see more than one year with him. Uh, the Michigan State game, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he was phenomenal all season. That was the breakout. Uh, I think one more year with A.J. Barner would just put things up at the top. Uh, I just, I mean, I shouldn't say up at the top. He's got, there's another guy on the team that's pretty good. But uh, I just think that he really could have risen. and. Uh, He's got a lot of athleticism. I'm curious to see where he goes in the NFL draft because someone's definitely going to take him. In a lot of ways, kind of reminds me of number five, and that's Zach Gentry, who uh, converted from quarterback, uh, ended up uh, really coming on strong in 2017, uh, ended up being one of the leading receivers in 2018, and just kind of didn't start the outlet, the, the tight end as outlet. Obviously, there's another guy on that on this list that really uh became that person but like really you knew you were going to get some big plays from Zach Gentry most of the time now had some aberrational plays 2018 against Ohio State dropped the the uh sure touchdown in the end zone kind of surprising which is probably why he's not higher on the list but still fifth best end up being drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers number four was a guy who I, I, I love when I get to say this a guy that people complained about when he committed could have been on my uh, my list of underrated. And I, I didn't put him on there. I just forgot because it just kind of felt like he belonged for so long. And that's Luke Schoonmaker, right? Because you had Luke Schoonmaker and Eric All. Well, at first it was Luke Schoonmaker and Nick Eubanks, and then down the line it's Nick, uh, it's Luke Schoonmaker and Eric All. And it feels like it's supposed to be Eric All as the star, and Luke Schoonmaker ends up just plant, you know, getting touchdowns, making big plays. And before you know it, he's one of the best tight ends Michigan's had in a long time. Uh, second round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, for good reason. So, Luke Schoomaker is my number four. My number three is Devin Funches. Yeah, it's kind of cheating because I also have him on the wide receiver list, which we did on Thursday. But he was a tight end. He started out the first three years as tight end, then switched over to wide receiver. Uh, but uh, big body guy, uh, again, Bright spot in a dark time. I'd say that about any good player in the uh, Brady Hoke era for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, Devin Punch is my number three. I don't have much more to say about him than that. Number two is a guy who will probably end up being number one at this time next year. And that's Colston Loveland. Uh, he, he is getting there, right? Like makes huge, huge plays. Two years in a row against Ohio State. Uh had some huge plays against Alabama in the national championship game. Less against Alabama, but he had a couple. I can't remember. National championship game. He had the big long run. Uh, thought to be the eventual best tight end Michigan's ever had. Draws a lot of Brock Bowers comparisons. It, it, I think he'll end up being number one. And the number one per, uh, person on this list believes so as well. And that's Jake Butt, the Mackey Award winning tight end. Former co-host on this show on Fridays. And did X's and uh, O's with me on Tuesdays. Uh, Jake Butt, All-American, comes back, puts it all on the line. 
it doesn't get much better than Jake. Uh, dear friend, my number one tight end of the past 10 years. Heck, the best tight end Michigan has ever had to this point. So thank you, Jake, for that. Uh, let's uh, move on to defense. We're going to do that here in just a moment. But before we do, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about the scoring, the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football uh, snacks, and then scoring in the betting apps. That's FanDuel. So there are so many amazing things about FanDuel. The same game parlays and the parlay hub is what makes it my favorite. And FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with the W or two or three. You can't just pick one, right? You can't just pick one same game parlay. You got to put, put some, you know, sprinkle them around. Get a bunch. See what works. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And new customers, if you join today, you can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So you're going to want to play around with that before the Super Bowl comes on Sunday. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, let's continue on. Let's move into defense. And let's get to the, uh, let's start with the edge rushers. The best edge rushers Michigan has had in the past 10 years. Every single one of these guys I'm about to mention played under Jim Harbaugh. Now, yes, some started at a different time. Uh, started under Brady Hoke. Or at least they started their careers. Not necessarily started, started. But here's the thing is you knew that the if you were the number one edge rusher for Michigan, you were getting drafted. If you were maybe not the number one edge rusher, were the number two and had a lot of talent, you were just going to go in the first round, right? Like if, if you were just like a freakish athlete. So that's just how it's gone. Uh, it's been true so far. Um, so I'm looking, I don't have any current players on this yet at this moment. But I do have uh, Jalen Harrell at number 10. I think that he is probably better than what we kind of give him credit for. But uh, obviously, the, his play in the final defensive play against Ohio State was just, if not more important, than Rod Moore's interception. Right Now, if Rod Moore doesn't make the interception, they have at least another play to go. Who knows what happens? But Jalen Harrell is... He, just so athletic, just able to to knock. I uh, can't remember what which offensive lineman was. Was it Matthew Jones? Knocks him over, gets just enough to calm accord to cause the errant pass and uh, seal that game. I mean, he's got to be on the list for that alone. Number nine is Mike Morris. Uh, injury kind of late in the uh, year when he finally got to be a starter in 2022. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, what he did against Wisconsin. Uh, not sorry, Wisconsin, uh, what he did against Iowa at Iowa was important in and of itself. So I think that uh, that is deserving, but obviously just he was the impact player Michigan needed on defense, that's as far as the edge rushing, and he Michigan got from him what they absolutely needed. Number eight is Taco Charlton. He was uh, led the team with 10 sacks, was so close in 2016 to uh, – to tying Chris Hutchinson's record at that time of 11. 
think it was 11. So he was so, so close to it. Ended up having two and a half sacks and a losing effort against Ohio State in 2016. Quarter of his sack production on the year. That tells you uh, how good he played in that game. And he got held on every play. Uh, an absolute beast. First round draft pick. Didn't really uh, become that dude in the NFL. But still, Taco Charlton uh, became that dude in his final year in Ann Arbor. Number seven is Rashawn Gary. The number one recruit in the country in 2016. Uh, did not really live up to that hype, right? Everyone expected Jadavian Clowney, and Michigan had him more so setting the edge uh, and opening opening things up for another guy on this list. Uh, but uh, obviously, you're seeing the freakish athleticism as he's an outside linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I would love to see Rashawn Gary in the scheme Michigan's run the last three years. I think it'd be a whole different story, right? I mean, he would have he'd be an abs, he's an absolute freak but didn't necessarily have that production. Um, some will say he took some plays off. That might be true, but he also commanded some double teams and opened things up as well. Number six is a guy I feel is underrated and should be talked about more, and that's Chris Wormley. Yeah, I have Wormley over Taco. Taco was the you know the, the more freakish athlete, but Chris Wormley was a guy that just got home. Right now, Chris Wormley actually had less sacks <laughs> than, than Taco did. But still, like it felt to me in the time, maybe it's just because he was. Uh, I maybe just I like Chris Wormley more. I have him at my number six because I just felt like he was he was the one. And plus, team captain, I think that stands for something, right? Number five is actually an outside linebacker, but yeah, with you know, pass rusher and all that. That's Josh Uche, who actually did better than uh, some of the guys ahead of him on the list overall. You knew that the problem for Uche is that in his time, he wasn't like a full-time guy. But you knew on third down under Don Brown, they were putting Uche out there. This Uche, as uh, Don Brown would say. They put him out there, and everyone knew what he was going to do. He was going to rush the quarterback. And guess what he would do? He would get to the quarterback. Led the team in sacks, I think, two straight years. Memory serves. He's my number five. My number four is like... Josh Uche 2.0, and that's David Ajabo, except for he stayed on the field. Uh, everyone's always going to think of his big sack, timely sack late in the 2021 Ohio State game, Ojabo. I mean, kind of came out of nowhere to get 11 sacks in 2021. Uh, yeah, he was a four-star recruit and everything, but like guy who barely had even played football had to kind of learn late in, you know, late in his uh, career here. And just absolutely thrives under Mike McDonald. So David Ajabo is my number four. My number three goes to Quiddy Pay, uh, guy who really exceeded expectations. As I said in the last segment, what do I love to say? Someone that people complained about when he committed. I remember when he committed. I was driving. I was in Heartland. I stopped off at the uh, uh, Big B Coffee to write up his commitment story, and I just remember. All of the complaints, well, by the time he left, he was one of the best defense, uh, defensive ends that Michigan had ever had. Just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, obviously a first-round pick for a reason. Would have loved to have seen what he could have done if he stayed one more year, but obviously first-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts. So there you go. Number two. Gets number two in part also because he was a fan favorite. Looking at the production, and weirdly, not as high as I thought. But it felt like he was the star of the show on defense when he was out there, and that's because he was, and that was Chase Winovich. 
I mean, absolutely a fan favorite from really when he came in in a backup role in 2016, but 2017 and 2018, it it was really honestly more Josh Uche who had the success, uh, but uh, Chase Winovich kind of stole the show. So he's my number two. My number one is obviously Aiden Hutchinson. It's funny. All of these is like, you know who the number one is going to be for the most part. Once we get to the best cornerbacks, actually I did it as defensive backs in the past 10 years. You're not necessarily going to know who the number one is because there's a couple candidates that could be there. So we're going to get to those here in just a moment. Tell you what, I've been talking here for, uh, we did Monday's episode, then we did Wednesdays, Thursdays, and now Fridays. I've been talking for like, we're, we're nearing two hours of straight talking. Um, so, uh, to see how this goes. It's been a long time. And then I got to write all these, not all of them. I haven't written, I've, most of these I haven't written. Most of them I just have them written down. Um, I've got to do that before I get on the plane. That, or at least that's the plan. I was going to do it tonight. Maybe that's not happening. Tonight being Monday, by the way. I know it's Friday for you. Monday for me. Um. Anyway, all right. Let's get to the best 10 defensive backs of the past 10 years. Uh, all of these were Jim Harbaugh people as well. Um. I, I, I really, I feel like I didn't, no, I didn't write this, so I didn't change it up. Uh, sorry to Channing Stribling, who was going to be number 11. Uh, I, I love you, Channing. I, I think that you are underrated, but since I combined cornerback and defensive and safety on this, uh, it didn't quite, uh, you kind of just missed the cut slightly. So uh, number 10 is Josh Metellus. And I know there's a lot of people that still get angry about his dropped interception in um, the 2017 Ohio State game, but he was so good, pretty outside of that, almost all the time. Uh, yes, there there were a couple lapses here and there. Uh, the 2019 Penn State game uh, when he was uh, he was beat deep by that uh, KJ Hamler, I think. Uh, as and then people blamed him for that, but Don Brown was like, "That was a miscommunication on my part." So there you go. Uh, but Metellus ends up being a undrafted free agent, and then he becomes a starter and a team captain with the Minnesota Vikings. And at the time of his commitment, he was a two star. Right? Remember, Michigan got three guys from Charles Swanning in high school in Miami, and it felt like they were offering Devin Gill and Josh Metellus to try to get Devin Bush. And then Devin Gill at the time was a three-star. Josh Patelis was a two-star. No one really cared. He ended up being uh, not as good as Devin Bush, of course, but like pretty close. And his pro career has gone better than Devin Bush's has, weirdly. Um, Number nine is DJ Turner, who uh, stepped in and did really well at the end of 2021 and was an incredible starter in 2022. Uh, It it was a long time coming, but then once he finally kind of got going, I mean, he was... Pretty close to lockdown. Speedy, everything you wanted at, at corner. Number eight is Ambry Thomas, who uh, I actually have below some guys here that uh, all said Ambry was going to be better than them. And I think Ambry was very good. I just I think we needed to see one more year uh, of, of his play. And that was the intention, right? But COVID year and things changed and uh, left, tried to come back, all that kind of stuff didn't really work out. Uh, but Ambry Thomas uh, was a perfect type of cornerback for Don Brown's system, man coverage, 
And it was kind of rare that we saw these uh, Detroit guys for a little while really like being, well, I shouldn't say it was rare. They, they had one every year. But uh, nonetheless, as a returner as well, if I put him as a returner, he'd be up higher. But uh, Amory Thomas, my number eight. Number seven uh, is Lavert Hill, who I think was a lot better than people kind of give him credit for. You know, playing opposite Ambry for one year, but he played opposite David Long. There wasn't like a lot of him giving anything up, and I'm still kind of surprised that he ended up not, uh, and you know, being drafted and ended up being mostly a practice squad guy. But uh, Lavert Hill gets my number seven. My number six is a guy that, will probably be much higher next year coming back for his senior year. That's Rod Moore, safety. Uh, obviously, uh, his uh, he called game against Ohio State, uh, one of the best safeties in the country, let alone conference, let alone, you know, on this list. Uh, he is the highest rated safety. Nope, second highest rated safety I have on this list. Obviously, you can now guess who's next. But uh, Rod Moore did an absolutely phenomenal uh has had a, done a phenomenal job over his tenure uh, thus far and still ascending. O- only really like weak spot was um, obviously gave up the, the Rutgers opening touchdown and one play from the playoff, and I can't remember which one because forgot it that quickly. Number five is David Long, who absolutely locked down his side of the field, uh, especially in 2018. Uh, would have loved to have seen what another year would have ended up for with him, but I mean, just perfect type of player, perfect type of system, all that kind of stuff. Uh, great dude. I had the the pleasure of interviewing him multiple times as a recruit, including in person after he had uh, signed. David Long's my number five. Don't have much more to add to that. Uh, number four is Dax Hill, the top-rated safety nickel. Uh, thrown to the Wolves as the safety in year one, former five-star, really uh, shown had a had some kind of lapses in 2020 came roaring back in 2021 uh thought that he played uh he he was the best defensive back Michigan had in 2021 easily uh which i mean no one else on this list was playing defensive back at that time wink uh but he is my number 4 number 3 is a guy who could end up as number 1 and on this list once everything is said and done uh, it's the only, uh, it's the last current player on here. Um, only current player. on No, Rod Moore, I already said. See, I told you, we've been talking for two hours. Don't know what's going on. Uh, Will Johnson, obviously. Uh, Will, just don't even throw at Will most of the time. I mean, the what he, when, when Ohio State threw a, a, on Will, right, in this past year, he, he's on one leg, and he still managed to get an interception undercut uh, Kamal Court's throw, uh, getting inside leverage against Marvin Harrison. Uh, but uh, so many big plays, perfectly timed interception in the national championship game. I mean, you don't get that. Who knows what happens? Uh, but just an absolute ball hawk. You're generally not going to complete passes on him. You're more likely to give up an interception uh, than you are to complete a pass on him. So Will Johnson ends up being my number three. Number two, this was hard. Like I said, you don't necessarily know who number one and number two is. Number two is Mikey Sainer still. And I probably should have him at number one. I don't really remember my rationale when I came up with this list. But number two is Mikey Sainer still. Timely playmaker. This is probably going to change in the written version. I'll tell you that. 
timely playmaker, right? Maryland, got to have it, gets two, two picks. Uh, what, a national championship game, got to have it. Mikey Sainer still gets the, uh, gets, gets the interception, the long interception. Got to have it uh, in the Big Ten championship game. Create, creates two fumbles, right? Like he just, he was responsible for the culture turnover probably more than anyone outside of Aiden Hutchinson. Team captain, another guy who's got, wasn't hated on when he committed, when he flipped from Virginia Tech, but he wasn't like celebrated. Started his career at wide receiver. Kate Stover knock away. The, the Travion Henderson hit. I mean, so many iconic moments. You know what? I'm, I'm changing it to number one. My number two now is Jordan Lewis, uh, team captain. Came back in a year where he did not need to. He could have been drafted coming out of 2015. Came back, team captain, uh, fan favorite. One, one-handed interception, falling away against Wisconsin. Sealing the game, granted, if, if he doesn't intercept it, Michigan's actually closer, but didn't really matter. They weren't trying to score at that point. Um, just an electric player. You just basically couldn't throw on him in 2016. and 2015, had the absolute, uh, it just felt like a, like a powerhouse matchup between him and Aaron Burbridge in the Michigan State game. Um, obviously still playing in the NFL for a reason. JD, I have him at number two now. He was number one. Now he's number two. So that's it. We made an executive decision late here. All right. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like it to you because you have been sitting here digesting episode by episode on a daily basis. I've been talking for two hours. So we are done for the day. Um, that's it. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. If there was breaking news this week, we will address it next week. So thanks again. We will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.